The best health care is there in ways big and small. There when we most and least expect it. We may not see it, but we feel it. It lets us know we're not in this alone. Everyone deserves a health care partner who never quits. One who's there for what matters. United Healthcare, there for what matters. It's Not Your Fault is a podcast for parents, caregivers, and young people navigating the world and its challenges. Here's your host, Brandon Jones. Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to another installment of It Is Not Your Fault, a teen mental health podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Jones, and on today's episode, we are going to talk about modeling healthy coping behaviors. Not a new topic to the podcast, something we've talked about before, but as we enter into the new year, many parents and caregivers are thinking about how are they making an impact on the young people in their life, uh, in their lives, excuse me. How are their behaviors showing up? What are they rubbing off onto their children? And what should they be doing different as they go into the new year? And also, as we always do, we like to talk to the young people as well on the podcast. What can you be doing to model behaviors? You have friends, you have colleagues, classmates, you have teammates, you have influence. What are the things that young people can do to model healthy behaviors as well? Believe it or not, we are in a society where influence is extremely important, where people pay attention to who and how uh, things are, who and how you are. And people pay attention to if you have clout or status. It's one of the, actually, I think, and I'm going to be doing a lot more talking on this uh, this year. It is actually one of the more, um, I will say it this way. It is actually a currency. Attention, clout, status is a currency. And I would, and what I was going to say is that it's one of the most important things that young people are after today. And I say that because I've been paying a lot of attention. I, um, you know, last year I wrapped up 2023 doing a four-part series with a group of young teenagers who lived in the North Minneapolis area. Now, the group was pretty vast in the age range. I typically wouldn't do a group like this, but we had from sixth grade all the way up to 12th graders involved in this group. And in the group, we talked about four different concepts. We talked about what is trauma. We talked about forgiveness. We talked about our ideas of healing or self-care. And then we also talked about healthy relationships. Now, we didn't talk about them in that order. I mixed the order up there a little bit. But one thing I learned was these young people really have um, narrowed. And, and I'm saying this based on their current experiences and what I've seen over my career. This current generation has really narrowed their basic kind of functions and needs to respect and um, to really not, the way that they would say it is not to be finessed. And sorry that I'm now have all my words together. I'm trying to not use language that many of you wouldn't understand. And I'm trying to also tell you how they told me. So these young people, they don't want to be finessed. They don't want to be played. They don't want to be tricked. They want people to give them their just due. So ultimately what they're asking for is justice. They want to be treated with just due and correct action. They want to be given their fair shake, so to say. But in their lives, they have so many people who are quote unquote getting over on them, who are running plays on them, 
who are hitting licks on them. I'm using the language of the young people. There's so many people in their lives who are not showing up and being consistent that these young people are unsuspicious. They, they're just suspicious all the time. They're on hyper alert. They don't build trusting relationships. They're really, really struggling to identify people that they feel comfortable with or even safe with. And in turn with that, the other thing that these young people are struggling with is this idea of clout, this idea of status, being someone of significance. And really what I think this is about is these young people's concept of striving for why do they matter? What makes their experience important? Why do they, why is their existence in this life, society, world important? And how they measure that is amongst themselves, the things that they have or they don't have, comparative to their peers. So whether that's a brand new cell phone, whether that's uh, so many people who follow or like them, whether that's how many people say that they wore a nice outfit or like their artwork, whatever it is, they're all seeking clout. And I think that is one of the most dangerous things that a young person can use to validate their existence is clout. And if they don't have the clout or someone disrespects them or disrespects their clout, then it becomes a problem. It becomes traumatic. It becomes uh, something that chips away at their mental and emotional health. And this is something that I'm really terrified with when it comes to young people, is that our young people have lost their vision for the future through, due to the trauma that they've experienced. A lot of our young people have lost the faith in the adults in their lives because the adults aren't showing up as consistently as they should. And this is why I wanted to talk about modeling healthy behaviors and modeling uh, specific coping behaviors so that our kids have an idea that, hey, at least the adults can understand what we're going through or that they can you know, give us a glimpse of hope of how to persevere through some of these tough times. Because a lot of these young people are not believing this. And one of the things I want to always do with this podcast was give you all the real information, bring research to you and reports that most people won't read, but unless you're a nerd like myself, but also tell you what's really happening with many of our kids here, um, you know, in the United States. It's not as peaches and cream and easygoing and rainbows and unicorns as people want to see. And, and I'm talking spe more specifically about Black children, to be honest. Um, you know, a lot of the work that I've done has been with the Black community throughout my entire career. And one thing that I've noticed is that there has been a regression in the trajectory of young people, Black people, whether we're talking about academics, social emotional development, relationship, families, uh, family dynamics, there's been a significant regression where we see high rates of Black children who are in homelessness, who are in highly mobile and transitional programming, who are now being involved in domestic programs. I almost did a podcast on this. Um, I, come, I came across a report that just broke my heart that there was a report that um, I think it was 30, it was like 33% of domestic violence calls involved the adolescent. And you might not understand what that means. What that means is this, over a third of the domestic violence police calls that took place in 2023 involved a child under 18, which means that the child was having an aggressive experience with another adult or person in the home, which means that our kids 
are fighting their parents and grandparents and caregivers. That is terrifying. When I see stuff like that, like, oh my God, what are we talking about? What are we doing here? What happened to the levels of respect and understanding and dynamics? We ha we are in a crisis mode right now, and I don't think people truly are paying attention to it. We're focusing on the wrong stuff. We're not being honest about what's really happening. So that's why it's important that this year and with this year's podcast that I really started trying to bring the real to you all and say, hey, man, it's not as it's not as easy as we're as we're going. And even though I'm specifically talking more about black kids, this stuff is going to trickle out to all kids of all ethnicities. It's not going to stay. It's not going to just stay stagnant in one community. So it's important for us as community members, as parents, care and grandparents, caregivers, youth workers, educators, whoever, to really start being honest about what's happening and say, hey, we have an unhealthy culture right now, and our young people need us more than ever. So with that, let me get into some of the tips of what we can do to model these coping skills and these coping behaviors. Now, we know the list. We know the well-being and self-care list. It's all the things that you've heard before. Deep breathing, going on good, going on a walk, getting your exercise in, eating healthy foods, communicating and connecting with friends, writing in your journal, um, using sensory, which we don't talk a lot about, but making sure you use sensory. Sometimes people like to fidget, playing with sand. You might like, you know, squishy things in your hands. Those are all good sensory things. Some people like smells and aromas. Those are good as well. Uh, you know, positive self-talk is another huge one. And even pets. You know, other life forms that are around plants, pets, all these types of things can also help with your well-being. But it's subjective. It depends on who you are and how you are. For some people, buying a cat is not self-care. It's anxiety-provoking. For others, it might be one of the best things you can do. But we really have to start seeking out what do we need for our own self-care. Really, what do we need to maintain ourselves and it be sustainable in our well-being is so important. And in order to do that, once you figure out what your thing or things are, then you have to start naming and claiming it. Name and claim for your well-being, which means what? These are the things, these are the coping skills that you will definitely need to name and claim your space or your uh, well-being, sorry. The first one is take space when you need it. I run into so many adults who say, I don't have time for self-care. I got to work. I got to take care of these children. I got to make dinner, clean the home. I got to find time with my partner, blah, blah, blah. All these things. And, and, and none of those things are incorrect. You do have to do those things. But if you don't take space when you need it, when you don't take care of yourself, your health goes down, you start to feel ill. Your mental health definitely goes you know, to various different directions. And you're not being 100, you're not being authentic with yourself. You're not keeping it real with yourself. You're not taking the best care of yourself. Let me put myself on blast, myself included. You know, I wrapped up the end of 2023 ill, and you can still kind of hear it in my voice a little bit. I'm not 100% just yet, but it was a struggle. I I, I thought I was going to have a nice, relaxing holiday season, and I was sick because I pushed through the year so heavily, doing so many things that I did not take the space that I needed for myself, and my body just shut down on its own and said, hey, brother. You're going down. <laughs> you're going gonna to go down with this cold. It is going to last quite a while. And it forced me to sit down. Like I had to get sick to actually slow myself down for the holidays, which, you know, it happens. Uh, our body keeps the score and it definitely will communicate when it's time to shut things down. But that just gave me another physical reminder to say, hey, Brandon, you have to do better and you have to pace yourself a lot better 
2024 so that you don't have to physically be ill to slow yourself down. So definitely take the space that you need. The next big thing that we have to do as adults, caregivers, and young people is talk to our kids or talk to our siblings or talk to our friends about ways to actually cope. And we have gone, done a really good job in this mental health awareness space of being getting to this place where people can talk about actual mental health. We know about depression, we know about anxiety. People even tell that they go to therapists. That's amazing. But when we don't talk about what we do with our therapy, that's the next phase. How do we do it? What works for you? What doesn't work for you? What makes a lot of sense? And as adults, it's very important to talk about, talk to your kids about how to cope. You know, one of the things that uh, I surprised one of oh, one of our friends, unfortunately, my mother-in-law passed away in 2023. And um, we were at her funeral. One of my wife's friends had, uh, she was assisting with our kids during the funeral. And one of my daughters was my two-year-old. She was just out of control. She just couldn't keep it together. So I took her out and we're all in hall. It's me, my wife's friend and my two-year-old. We're in the hallway and I look at my two-year-old. I say, okay, hey, you got to breathe. You're not breathing. She's crying. You know, she's, her body's just dysregulated. And I said, hey, you have to breathe. We have to breathe. And I said, look at daddy. We're going to do volcano breaths. Are you ready? We're going to do it. Are you ready? And all of a sudden you see my two-year-old, she puts her hands in like kind of this namaste kind of position. She takes a deep breath and she goes, and she does this three times because that's the practice that I taught her is whenever you get to the space of un that you can't control yourself, you do volcano breaths. Now she's two. She's not going to do the volcano breaths perfectly every time. But in that moment, she was able to collect herself. And then when we were done with the volcano breath, she wasn't crying anymore and she was listening. And my wife's friend was looking at She watched this and she was like, what kind of magic spell did you put in your child to have her do volcano breaths? But she's never seen a two-year-old do something like that. But that's a practice that we've been talking and playing with her and doing these things for months. So it was a normal thing for her. But again, it was teaching and talking to the two-year-old about calming yourself down when you get out of control. And it's so funny, even to this day, she still has these little techniques that she does. So if she ever gets dysregulated, like after she's done eating and you know how kids like to throw their food around and stuff. And we'll say, you need to breathe. You need to calm down. And you see her close her eyes and she'll put her fingers together and she'll go. And sometimes we catch her just doing this on her own because we've taught her how to you know, build her own coping skills. And we did that for all three of our children. But the two-year-old, if a two-year-old can do it, I know adults can. Show your feelings, even the painful ones. So many adults hide how they truly feel because of the shame and the guilt, and they don't want you know, people in their lives to see that they're going through something. But it's important for you to be able to show that and that you're human. Um, a lot of young people don't believe that their parents care and when you hear, when I hear things like that, they just really don't believe that their parents are um, connecting with them or understanding what's actually happening because their parents never show any type of emotion outside of anger about how things are going. So definitely show those emotions as you're sharing how to cope and talking about what's going, going on. And then the last thing that I will share here before we close out the podcast is be kind to yourself. Man, we put so much on ourselves that we are not kind to ourselves. We don't give ourselves accolades. We don't pat each other on our, we don't pat our own selves on our back. We don't even have a lot of positive affirmations to who we are and how we are. 
We are so hard on ourselves because we have been conditioned to do so. If we make a mistake, you're supposed to correct that mistake. You're supposed to do better. But it's but we're not, we don't teach ourselves, we don't socialize ourselves to be kind to ourselves. And if you want to do anything for 2024, I would encourage you to be a better cheerleader for you. Be kind to yourself. Support yourself a lot better. Give yourself some space. Demand that space. Give yourself some credit. Give yourself some humor. Give yourself some love. To check out previous episodes of It's Not Your Fault or to learn more about Brandon Jones, log on to SheLetHerMakesMeLaugh.com. Unleash the power of smile for your team. Delta Dental of Minnesota offers coverage to fit your unique small business, leading to a better benefit package and a happier team. Visit deltadentalmn.org forward slash small business. It's not just another day in your life. Things are changing for the better. At Comcast, we see those changes and we're thinking about how we use technology today to live, work, learn and play and we're building for the future now so we're better prepared for the wants and needs of tomorrow that's why comcast is rolling out multi-gig internet speeds to more than 50 million homes and businesses before the end of 2025 making our already industry-leading network even faster smarter greener and more reliable over the decades Comcast has been your partner, working hard to serve your community, and will continue to be your partner. We're expanding our gigabits, so you can enjoy the tiny bits that matter most. If you were recently around someone with COVID-19, it's a good idea to test yourself to see if you have it. If you have symptoms like fever, cough, congestion, sore throat, or loss of taste or smell, it's a good idea to test yourself to see if you have it. Testing regularly is an excellent way to help stop the spread of COVID-19, and it helps protect your family, friends, and others in our community. Rapid tests are simple and quick. You use a nasal swab, and you will have your results in about 15 minutes. You can take this COVID-19 test right in your own home. Best of all, you can get free rapid tests delivered right to your address. That's right, I said free. While supplies last, Minnesota households are eligible to order eight free rapid at-home COVID-19 tests each month. So protect yourself and others during this busy time of year. The website to order your free at-home rapid tests is simple. Just go to sayyeshometest.org. Once again, that's sayyeshometest.org. You know Shaletta makes you laugh. But did you know Shaletta Brundage can also make you think and boost your business? Media personality, activist, and comedian Shaletta Brundage founded Shaletta Makes Me Laugh to celebrate and share the best of black culture. It's a podcasting platform. You can download 10 weekly podcasts hosted by African-American subject experts at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com is also a production house creating broadcast quality commercial content. And Shaletta and her team of storytellers create powerful promotional campaigns to get businesses the brand awareness they're looking for. Some of Minnesota's top businesses trust Shaletta, and you can too. Get out the word about your events and products and get in front of communities of color with ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. She's got the power to help your business. You started your business with an idea and a plan for the future. 
a plan that got you off to a great start. But now you see new opportunities as well as new challenges. Work with a banker who understands your business goals and knows how to help you reach them. Work with Bremer Bank because understanding is everything. Put us to work for you today at bremer.com. Are you a woman known as a good listener? Do you have skills in de-escalating situations? Are you what they call a people person? Then the Minneapolis Police Department would like to meet you. Now in a rebuilding phase, the Minneapolis Police Department is recruiting more women to wear the badge. The department offers career options for women with a high school diploma or GED. There are also opportunities for women with two and four year degrees who are ready to apply their skills in new ways. Police work makes a great second career for social workers, teachers, nurses. Women in their 30s and 40s are welcome to apply. There's no age cap. You'll be paid while you train and mentored by veteran women officers invested in your success. Minneapolis also welcomes current police officers to join the state's largest department. Make a difference on the streets, working in your community, in a career with competitive salaries and generous benefits. Go to MinneapolisMN.gov and search police jobs to find out more. 